Welcome to Old Town New World. We're here in Old Town Rock Hill, South Carolina at Millstone Pizza. And I'm Jason Broadwater, and uh, we're here to talk about the ever-changing world of Small Town USA. You're not going to believe this. So, behind the mic, silent Micah has actually come from out behind the mic, and he is going to talk to us today. Welcome, Micah. Hello. How's it going? Wow, that's actually what he sounds like, believe it or not. It's kind of like seeing Wilson's face, you know, hearing Micah's voice. I don't know if you all remember Wilson behind the uh, fence, but... uh, Season season six. Oh, season six, when we saw the face. Um, Thank you. Yes, thank you. We also have with us today, uh, who is now behind the mic, Anil. Welcome, Anil. Hello. Anil is more likely to talk uh, when he's behind the mic, so it's good to have you here, Anil. Um, Anil has been working with us at Revenflow for a little while now, so uh, we appreciate that, man. So, so you got three Revan flights here on the show, and uh, the reason we want to have a show with these guys uh, is because. They went on a wonderful journey this weekend and came home with a trophy. And no, they did not play in a dodgeball tournament. No, they did not play in a jumping jack tournament. They were at a film festival. So what I want to do is give these guys the opportunity to tell us about their film, the film festival, and then I want to talk about how film festivals are part of kind of like craft brewery events and stuff. They're part of kind of, you know, the culture of downtown revitalization, the creative arts and the creative community. So let's start with, first of all, this this event, this festival. Mike, tell us a little bit about this. So the festival is called the Push Film Festival. This is the first year that it happened. Um, it happens in what I think it's called the, I'm pretty sure it's called the Twin City. So it's, uh, it's Bristol, but it's both Virginia and Tennessee. So Bristol is one city, but it's in both states. Right. So it's, yeah, it's split down the middle. So, yeah, it's interesting when you talk to people that are from there, too, they'll be like, they'll all say, like, yeah, I'm from here. I'm from the ten- Tennessee side, even though it's really, like, it's it's so split down the middle that there's there's no real difference. But it's, it's yeah. Crazy. We'll get back to this, but how, how does state law apply in that situation? Like, I mean, I wonder if you have a business and you have to pay, like, state payroll taxes. It depends on which side of the street you're on. Yeah, they were, they were actually telling us that. They were telling us to eat on the other side of the street because there wasn't, uh, because they did, I think, pro- like, some other some other tax instead of doing a higher food tax. So it is like, if you cross the street or whatever, you can eat for cheaper and drink for cheaper. That's crazy, man. Yeah, so it's interesting. Um, is Bristol a pretty cool place? It was pretty cool. So we, the film festival and everything took, t- took place in the downtown which I think should always be the case. Um, and so, like a lot of it was at this, there's this old theater from, I believe it said it was like from the 1930s and then it closed down and then in the early 1990s they like, re- re- they opened it again and renovated it. It's beautiful, it has like the, uh, there's like an actual organist playing and up above the theater is like the, the the vents are opening and closing according to the song and like oh, wow. yeah. it's like beautiful yeah was it did it have a balcony uh i don't i don't know did it have a balcony now uh i don't think it did oh, okay. <laughs> um no yeah but it's yeah it's just beautiful theater and uh i asked that because you know balconies were a mechanism for uh 
racial segregation in theaters in the early days of theaters. Oh, right. Yeah, this I mean, was the 1930s. I, I guess it'd be... It's interesting. I mean, especially in, in that area, like, you couldn't... Maybe there was just no entrance altogether, you know? <laughs> yeah, right. It might have been. Yeah. But uh, anyway, so the, so the festival took place downtown, and this was the first, you said? Yeah, this was the first year. So... And it was run by a guy named uh, Rusty Sheridan, who we've known. He does He's done film work in uh, Charlotte for a while. Uh, Nils worked with him on some movies. And now I think he's been teaching at, uh, is it UNC Charlotte? Yeah, UNC Charlotte. Uh, yeah, he's been teaching some film classes. But has now recently been teaching at a college uh, in that area of Bristol. So that's why he's, that's how he's about to move there with his family. But um so was it a big, uh, big event? A lot of people there? Or? It was. It was a good turnout. Like, I mean, we've been to other first, first year film festivals. Um, when, I mean, we were at the first year of the York County one. I feel like it had a really good turnout. Uh, so give me some context here. What does that mean? I mean, are we talking hundreds of people, thousands of people? Like, no, I mean, it, I don't. I mean, I don't really know. Definitely, the largest screening. I think the theater could hold. 300, 400 people maybe, and it was probably half full, okay. maybe a little less than half full. And how many screenings were there, like in a day? Or so it was. I think it was. They had like. It went Friday through Sunday, so it was like four blocks that were short films, which we we played in a short film block. Um, and then there were they played stuff like, like uh, Oh Brother Art though is kind of about that, like kind of about that area. Like the, the town's really big into like country history, like. Oh, okay. So it's, uh, I don't know all the details, but it's like they have a whole museum about how it's one of the first places that country was ever recorded in oh, America, wow. or ever, I guess. Yeah. Um, That's cool. Yeah. So these have, like, Friday through Sunday, and this was happening all day long, like starting in the morning? Or? I think so. So we, we got there Saturday at, like, 5. It took us forever to get there traffic-wise. Um, I think it, I think... Sunday we started up at 11, so I think I think probably I don't think it had anything earlier than that. So I think it was basically like 11 to like it was basically like 12 hours a day. Okay, wow. And it would go to pretty late at night. Yeah, it go to about midnight or so. Oh yeah. So they showed like our brother right now. They showed when we were there. They showed like uh, in that old theater. They showed uh, Psycho, which was cool. Oh wow, yeah. Um, I'm not sure. I, I assume because it has. I mean, that movie was definitely took place in the South. It probably had specific ties to Virginia yeah. or Tennessee. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, it was a very cool f- festival, and we had we had two movies play at it, both in the same block. So uh, we had the movie that me and Chris made that we talked about on here, that we had funded through Indiegogo and everything called uh, Gospel of Hip Bones. That's a short. Yeah, so it was about a 12-minute movie that me and Chris uh, Gervais also we both wrote and directed it. Um, it played, and then Neil had a movie called uh, Do Not Disturb. You want to explain what that is? Yeah, tell us about that one. Uh, yes, Do Not Disturb is a uh, it's a six-minute short that's kind of... It's a part of our ongoing uh, episodic uh, supernatural thing we have going on called Fantastic Tales of the Unknown. And uh, it's about a housekeeper who's cleaning rooms run one morning and finds something crazy in one of the guest rooms, which, uh, spoilers, it's the uh, Necronomica, the Book of the Dead. Um, and she winds up reading from the, the pages from the book and summons the dead. Um, but, it's, but it's very funny. It, it, it doesn't sound funny, but it's like a very funny, very like crowd-pleasing movie. So it's movie. a romantic comedy. It's a romantic comedy starring <laughs> Matthew Broderick. And uh, Matthew McConaughey yeah. in a gay relationship. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. The, it's, called, it's called The Matthews. Yeah. No, it's really... 
<laughs> it's really good. It plays really well. Um, especially at this festival, I thought it played really well. Everybody, everybody was, because you're watching it and like we don't really. Uh, no, I say we because me and Anil have made movies for 12 years together. So anything he makes, I work on. Anything I, I make, he works on. Um, but it's it's kind of like. Like you're kind of watching a straightforward movie, and then you're you kind of are like, is this like this kind this kind of feels funny, and then eventually you're like, oh, this is totally like it, it is funny. Oh right, like, you know, I like, feel okay to laugh now. Right, right. Yeah. You're watching it, not sure if, if you're if you're if they're in on the joke, if we're in on the joke as the filmmakers or whatever. Oh, that's funny. And you hit a point, you're like, oh, okay, this is awesome. Yeah. Uh, and it, I think it played really well. It got like everybody was laughing. They were, you know, you, you can hear the stifled laughter at the beginning, which is what's supposed to happen. Yeah, right. And then, yeah, by the end, everybody was, like, really into it. So I thought, I thought that one played great. So what kind of feedback did you get, Anil? I uh, got some really good positive feedback. Uh, had people uh, coming up afterwards saying how much they enjoyed the film and uh, how they really enjoyed the humor and, and uh, all that stuff. And it was really similar to kind of how people reacted. We also went to a film festival this year called Indie Grits down in Columbia, South Carolina. And uh, everybody seemed to really get into uh, get into the idea of it being and it being like this horror comedy. So it was the same film that played in that in Indie Grits. Yep, the same film from Indie Grits. Mm-hmm. So and so the other so that was a Neil's film, and then Yurt and Chris's film was Gospel of Hip Moments. Right. And y'all um, funded that like you said through uh, Indiegogo. Yep. And that's a 12-minute short. And uh, who, who was involved in, in that? So that's what we had. It was produced by our friend Tim, who's, who did a podcast that we lost. It's the only podcast we ever lost. Oh, man. Uh, it's a shame. It was a really good podcast. But it he's was in the a, best one ever. Yeah. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. <laughs> of Tim's. Dang. I was so close. It was the best of Tim's. It was the worst of Tim's. <laughs> uh, oh, well, I was close. Um, and and, uh, and Bernardo Shada, who was also on this podcast. Yeah, he was. Uh, um, he's Yeah, he's amazing. He's my... He was my mine and Chris's like hero as far as like local, not even local, just filmmakers anywhere in the south. Wow. He was like our hero, so he came on and helped us shoot, or he shot it all. He he brought an amazing team. Well, it's beautiful. I have not seen yours in Neil, but I have seen Gospel Hip Bones, and the cinematography is beautiful. It's it's wonderful. Yeah, he's he's like otherworldly in that. I don't know. Yeah, it was very intimidating because could not have been a bigger fan of his. So for him to for him to join us was amazing. Well, how cool, man! That, that they came to work on that project. Yeah. yeah. And so so it was entered in, and it won an award. You came home with a trophy. Yes, we did get we got we won best short film. So I, I think they gave out, I think there was five or six awards. Five or six best short films. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, it was actually number. We were fifth place. <laughs> no, it was like there was one that was like best Tennessee short film, or I guess in general best Tennessee film. Best Virginia film, best short film, best feature, and best documentary. Wow! So we won best short film. That's excellent, man! Congratulations. Yeah, it was, it was very surprising that I don't know. It was one of those things where yeah, we're sitting in the seat, and as I said, we didn't even know we were going to the award ceremony. So like, they came up and we're like, oh, now we'll announce the winners. We're like, oh okay. <laughs> like, I wonder who's gonna win. I want, like I want to see their movie, and then yeah, it was. So did you walk up on stage like the Oscars? We did. Luckily, Chris got the mic first, uh, so he pretty much talked the whole time, and I just said, he went to pass it off to me, but the moment was done, so I just said thank you or whatever. Did they yeah. play you out? Yeah, they, they had like a giant uh, cane <laughs> that they like grabbed around our necks. An orchestra cane? Uh, nice. 
but yeah, it was wear, amazing. So who were you wearing? Uh, I was wearing Target. <laughs> <laughs> Four men. Target, tar, Target for boy uh, socks. <laughs> nice. So, um, so it seems like you know y'all just went down to Indie Grits recently, and you and Anil, your film was in that, and you had a film in that too, right? Yeah, same film. So it was the same setup. This time, this is the first time we've ever played in the actual same block. So we both had. It was called like Shorts Block Four. It was the last block of the festival, and uh, I think Anil started it. I think his was the first movie, and ours was the last, I believe. That's cool. So at the end of a block, there's a there's a panel, right? And y'all talk. It's filmmakers. Y'all talk right. to the audience. Is that how it works? Yeah. And this one, I think we were the only. Yeah, we were the only filmmakers there from that block. So it was kind of funny being like, you know, we're talking about two movies and getting questions about two movies, but all of us are answering all of them. Yeah. Right. <laughs> So yeah, I don't like. I don't think people realize immediately that, you know, we they would ask a nil question and like one of us would have feedback or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, it was, it was awesome. Yeah. I mean, it was really cool to play back to back, and and even somebody afterwards was like, this, like you know, last name's Troublefield, so I have like people remember that name. So I had somebody come up afterwards and was like, I'm pretty sure I saw your name twice in that thing. Yeah. And I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. Well, we're That's amazing. Funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just no, that's great, man. Very cool. And 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 so, Indie Grits, this one, and I mean, there's been multiple festival festivals, excuse me, prior to these two. I guess the Indie Grits every year, y'all uh, usually end up yeah. in there at some point. And then the one here in York County. And then uh, what's the one y'all went up to? Other one in Virginia you went to? So that's that's Skyline, which we've both we both submitted to. They're going to announce, I think, this month, later this month, I think. Um, so either way, like we didn't play anything last year, and we still went. So we'll go no matter what. But hopefully, it would be nice if we got to play as well, uh, if you're listening. I'm just kidding. Well, our millions of listeners, if you would please <laughs> contact them and uh, say that you want to see Trouble Field on the screen. Yeah, right. Well, they've been, I think all of them have been on this podcast. So. Oh, well, good. Oh, yeah, we did like that virtual podcast. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, that was fun. Cool, very cool. Okay, so let's get to this. You know, why is this type of thing happening now? I mean, why didn't this happen? Did this happen in the 80s? Like, was Swayze at, uh, in, in Indie Grits? You know, like, why is this happening now? I don't, I mean, I, this is going to be, this podcast about to go downhill real fast. <laughs> but I'm, not, I'm not an expert on this, but I mean, I don't know. Like, it definitely seems like very recently the, the small towns have popped up, like, I mean, we had our first one, I guess, three, four years ago now, maybe. In, you mean here in your county? Yeah, in your yeah, county. In Rock Hill, downtown Rock Hill. Yeah. Old Town Rock Hill. <laughs> Music, uh, excuse me, film festival. Yeah. So I think, I mean, ours has been four years. The Indie Grits has been eight or nine years at this point. Um, I mean, I feel like they were kind of a, ahead of the curve, I guess. So. Yeah. It seems like a new phenomenon to me. Yeah. And I, I mean, I guess a lot of it's probably, I mean, at some point... If you go back far enough, like, if you were able to make a movie, you were a filmmaker. Like, you, there was, like, you know, there was, like, 20 people doing it. So. And you needed the resources to be able to pull it off. Yeah, it was incredibly hard. Like, you had, if you go back and look at some people's first movies, uh, like, the guy who made A Christmas Story, and he made a bunch of other great movies, too. But if you look at, like, his first movie, like, there's nothing to it. It's, like, a super low-budget zombie movie or something. But... He immediately got jobs off of it because nobody else was doing it. He's a very talented person, so I'm not trying to knock him down or anything. Right. But uh, 
it was kind of that's kind of how it was like if you were able to pull it off and do it period congratulations you probably immediately moved to you know a small group of places but we are on the other side of the desktop publishing revolution where anybody can write a book uh, make an album make a movie make, and, and there's huge positives to that but I'm sure there's uh, probably negatives to that too I mean yeah, I mean, I guess it's the negative is. I mean, there's so many people making. There's so many people making movies. There's also so many like a, a very large number of people making really good stuff. So, yeah. and people making bad stuff. You know, I heard this uh, guy on a TED Talk. He was talking about uh, had all this data to back it up. So I'm gonna do a poor job of recreating. That, I'm sure, but th- uh, that uh, essentially the message was uh, where there's more, there's more. In other words, like you're talking about cities, you know, you're talking about it, there's more wealth, but there's more poverty. You know, there's more uh, crime, but there's more like, uh, you know, uh, demonstrated benevolence. Like, you know what I mean? There's yeah. more of everything. So I think along with the kind of more crap comes more amazing, like artistic expression and, like, you know, envelope pushing kind of stuff, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean, every festival we go to, like we'll see stuff where we're just like wow like like in this one if I'm being very honest like we wouldn't have won except for that another film the filmmaker was from Tennessee so he won Best Tennessee like it was like one of those things where this guy made just such an amazing movie that like we just lucked out that he happened to be a local Um, but that's kind of always going to be the case so uh, I mean there's so much good stuff it's like a I mean, you, you can kind of ignore all the bad stuff. The bad stuff, they're going to get better. They're going to, those people yeah. are going to keep making it's stuff. It's a process. It's an iterative process. Yeah. You know, I, I, the, the closest thing I can relate to, because I'm not in this world as you are, is I grew up in the punk scene. And I, I bring this up all the time, but like, it was an iterative creative process. Like, you go to a punk show not because all the bands are awesome. You know, there's like five bands playing, and the last two are awesome. The other ones, are probably young, maybe they're not, whatever, but they're interesting, they're creating, they're, you know, they have the kind of, uh, you know, DIY mentality of like, I can make music, I can just pick up a guitar and make music. And so they're gonna be get better and better and better and some will fade out, some will disappear. But I played for years, you know, decades now, where I would see a band and then five years later I see this two of the guys from that band in a band that was awesome, you know what I mean? Because they iterate and they continue to create. And I think it's the fact that people don't feel intimidated by the industry of art. Like, oh, I can't make a movie. Only, you know, James Cameron and Steven Spielberg make movies. You know, oh, I can't make a record. You know, I mean, only like, you know, whoever. I don't even know now who to list. Def Leppard and Megan (laughs) Trainor make records. You know, it's like, no, you can make a record. Just record it, and and then you can, there's a company in Texas that'll burn vinyl for you and mail it back to you. You can sell it to your friends. You know what I mean? That's the DIY spirit. I think that has so infiltrated our culture. And I think it's not only, it it is the same spirit that drives these, uh, you know, punk shows and indie film festivals and craft brewery, brew your own beer festivals are the same people, the stars of those scenes create production houses and uh, labels and uh, actual, you know, uh, breweries that make money and like the entrepreneurial spirit is embedded within that 
creative artistic scene. You know? Yeah, I, I think it's, I think it's one good thing that that Push has done. And I think that Indie Grist does, and our festival here is that. Like what I was saying is, there's so much good stuff. So it would it would be easy to fill your film festival with like nothing but you know Keanu Reeves in like this short short film or whatever that I'm sure is like the best short film ever made. But usually these small towns that are doing this are like they're making sure to include local filmmakers. So you, sometimes you'll have a block maybe that's like specifically local, or maybe you have a block of students or whatever. Um, that's great. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's an important part of uh, what's going on. It, it demonstrates a consciousness of the people who are organizing this. It also gives it gives good feedback to the filmmaker of like of just having somewhere to show, which is the most is like one of the most difficult things to do is have people watch your movie after you make it. Like it's, I mean, honestly, sometimes I think it's easier to make a movie than it is to get. We can get a room, like we can get a room for all our friends to watch a movie if we, you know, put a Facebook event up a month ahead of time. But like, to get a group of strangers to watch it is so difficult. So when this film festival is coming through and they're giving, you know, a lot of times there's like, like this one had two local uh, awards. So like maybe even you get an award. Like one of the people that got an award, we talked to her. Is this was the first movie? I think she was a producer uh, and writer, and this was her first film festival. Or her, not her first film, her first film, like she came from um, doing theater or whatever. She made this amazing documentary with a bunch of other people and she they won an award. So I'm sure, like I very much assume now she's gonna keep going, which, and she, it's, that's great. That's like a it's very a, positive to. It's validation. You yeah, know? absolutely. Yeah, absolutely, man. So not only is there access to technology, um, not only is there a, just a spirit of, Hell, I can do that. I mean, I don't need to be famous or rich to do that. But then there's also a cultural culture of validation around this stuff. You know, I mean, think about how empowering that is to young people who want to get involved in something. It's like, okay, I have all these incredible tools that used to cost a million dollars and now cost a thousand dollars. You know, I have, um, you know, this kind of. I can iterate online and get immediate feedback and you know publish and have people see it. And then there's this like nurturing culture of the people who are actually doing it well who are gonna kind of you know validate what I'm doing. You know, used to it or, I don't know, I, I'm generalizing, I'm simplifying, but thank you. But used to it's like you know, you have the extreme wealthy and, and, and rich and crazy, like, oh my god, how did you become Steven Spielberg? And I don't, I'm not picking on him. I mean, I'm just, how did you become that total elite of your craft? And then you have the kind of almost, you know, patronizing, like, uh, well, let's let the kids give it a try. Yeah. You know, but the gap between those two things was so large that it's just like, I can't be a rock star. Like, I can't wear assless chaps like David Lee Roth and actually do a uh, spin kick like he can. I feel like I feel like you could if you you just well, need to try. Well, thank you for the validation, yeah. Michael. I appreciate that. I could wear the ashless chest, but nobody would hang out with me. But anyway, now there's more of a fluidity between the kid who's 11 years old who thinks it's neat and the person who's successfully doing it in the market. There's a fluid kind of gap between them where there's festivals and participation opportunities and like feedback opportunities. It's, I think it's a wonderful thing. I mean, one of uh, definitely. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and speak for me and Neil and Chris, even though 
a no might differ, but I think for all of us, the best part about going to these film festivals, like, we all love watching movies, so that's awesome to see a bunch of stuff that no one's ever going to see, possibly. Uh, we get to see, you know, all this crazy stuff, but I mean, the best part, honestly, is when the final thing, when the final screening happens, it's over, and we find, like, we go to a bar with another filmmaker or, like, whatever, like, like this festival, I think all of our favorite time was we were at, we were at a bar and ended up hanging out with uh, Rusty, who, like I said, we've met, we've known from around here, and then Jason, I don't remember his last name, but... Voorhees. Jason Voorhees. Uh, Jason himself. Uh, but he, it was the guy who made the movie that... He took his mask off and had a drink? No, he drank with the mask. He had a straw. <laughs> uh, but we got to hang out with the guy who was making the movie that I, like... We, we've been gushing over it the whole time. Like, this is an absolutely incredible movie about uh, Iwo Jima that's just... This is a remarkable short film, but we got to, like, hang out with the guy all night. Or for, like, you know, two, three hours. And just, like... You know, it wasn't... He hadn't seen our movie yet, but still, it wasn't like we were, like, he was this, like, rock star, and we were, like, groupies. It was like, we were all just a, gr- yeah. a table of filmmakers all getting to, like, Dude, nerd out. Again, I go back to the punk scene. Like, I used to try to explain to people, and it was hard for people to understand, like, my favorite musicians in the world, my favorite musicians in the world would come to town and my band would open for them and we would go to the Waffle House and hang out together and I'm like I know you haven't heard of my favorite musicians and I know they don't make any money and they're in a crappy little van you know driving around the country but my point is imagine your favorite musician in the world that your band plays with them and y'all go to the Waffle House together afterwards like that is phenomenal and that is the culture now that is a norm whereas that used that was a that was a like crazy anomaly when I was young, you know. I mean, I haven't. We haven't had this this experience yet. But a friend of mine has had some like great success. Has been in like big festivals. He he was saying that it's like he was astonished at how quickly walls break down. That like like all you have to do is you just play at one of these festivals, and then you go to another festival and you see someone like this, you know, someone that's like a god to you. And suddenly, you know, your your peers, and he says, like, it could happen, like, overnight. Like, it, it seems like it's such a hard thing to go from, you know, what we do. We make we make movies for almost no money that, you know, we're glad for every person that's, that watches it. Um, no, you, no you, pay, you pay plenty of money to make your movies. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, yeah, right. Well, we, we <laughs> pay plenty of people to watch yeah, our movies, right. is what I thought you were going to say. Uh, that's the, that's our new strategy. Yeah, right. He was just saying like how he was blown away at how quickly uh, it doesn't matter that you that that's his like first big movie or whatever you know right, like that yeah. that's like you're one showing away from being able to call like a Hollywood legend up and get a favor done or something or like work with somebody. The thing is, man, once once you get to a place to where I mean, I believe that very, very few really successful and famous people in the artistic community do it for the money or started it for the money. Very few. Because they usually don't cut the mustard from an artistic standpoint to perpetuate the money if they were after the money to begin with. So they really are after the craft. They really are developing the craft. And think about it, man. This is this is what is the big kind of surprise. That like 
you, we like people who are doing something new, interesting, cutting edge. Young people that are introducing something crazy. Like that's what we like. Big shockers. That's what they like too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know what I mean? That's that's, that, that's exciting to them. I mean, that's what. I mean, this is going away from film festivals, but I mean, that's what studios are starting to like too. Is that uh, I mean, that's why you have. Jurassic World that just came out was directed by uh, Colin Trevorrow, who made this little indie movie that, you know, had a lot more success than it was expected, but it wasn't, a, still wasn't a big hit. Like, it was, it was this tiny little movie. The studio's like, oh, that was cool, you can do Jurassic World. Or, like, the guy who did Godzilla made an even smaller, like a $16,000 movie, I think. Wow. I don't, or maybe, it was, I don't know. Monsters is an amazing movie. It probably, the amount of time that guy put in would make it, like, a million-dollar movie. But... He did it himself, so therefore, it's like a no-budget movie, and he got to do Godzilla, and he's going to do Star Wars. So it's funny, like that is—that's exactly what's happening. Marvel's doing it. It's kind of sad to me sometimes that I feel—I feel like you'll, you'll get this fresh, amazing new voice, and then immediately he's doing the new Star Wars film, which is amazing and great, but it's also like well, it can ruin someone. I mean, you know, if you don't go through the kind of. Um iterative channels of it's kind of men do the same thing's been happening in the music industry forever i mean if you take somebody from rags to riches they are nothing but a manufactured you know pop star and they never get to develop as an artist you know but but somebody who tours and i mean you look at a band like the beatles and people think oh they were just kids and they became like globally famous no man they played in munich in germany night after night after night after night. They put in their 10,000 hours playing in crap holes in Germany to like nobody. I think it's Scheiße holes. Oh. <laughs> Thank you for the correction. So so let me uh, make a transition here before I wrap this podcast up because I can talk about this all night. I want to hear a little bit from behind the mic of Neil on, you know, you're someone who your life is focused on and dedicated to the art of filmmaking and you're crafting your life around that so you know what what drives you to continue because you know I'm sorry I'm turning this question into an essay but you know you don't want to let I mean do you ever feel like it becomes trite like god I spent all this time creating something and then it's it's just a little story and and wow boy that's not as exciting as I thought and I was so wrapped up in passion and how did it end up small you know, so how do you how do you keep the bigness involved in what you're doing? Because you are designing your life around this. Can you speak to that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, over the years, I feel like uh, you get rejected a lot, and you have this big idea in your mind that was like blown up on this huge screen in your head that you thought would be like this epic movie. Um, and uh, a lot of the times, it, it doesn't pan out the way you hoped it would, and it winds up getting screened at a lot not nearly as many places as you would hope or just didn't get accepted the way you would hope it would. And then uh, really just learn from that and learn from your mistakes and try to realize what you should do the next time around. Um, so yeah, I've definitely been like making movies for almost 12 years now and a lot of them haven't done well, but then a lot of them have done semi-well. And uh, for, for me, the drive is just having Really, I, I feel like I get fed every time I go to watch a movie in the theater and I see something that I really like and enjoy and it makes me feel this certain way. So I feel like in turn I have to turn around and write this story that kind of 
tries to make someone else feel that same way. And um, So is it the creation of the thing, or is it the process of the creation? I'd say it's more the creation of the thing, because uh, really the, the process is fun, and it, it's cool to have an idea grow and collaborate with people. Um, but I'd say it's the... Uh, the actual idea, seeing that idea come from your imagination to life, because um, if I could skip over some of the process, I definitely would, because it's, it's not easy. So basically, it's a Frankenstein's monster, and it takes on a life of it of its own. Is that fair to say? Yeah, absolutely. Well, Anil, it's been a pleasure to have you here, man. You've been holding the mic, and I know you had not had as much of a chance to talk, but that's probably fitting, as you're a relatively quiet person by nature anyway. And, uh, it's good to get behind the mic, Micah, out from behind the mic. So that was nice. Thank you for being here, Micah. Thank you. All right. Wow. Well said, Micah. Well said. <laughs> well, now I'm holding the microphone. Yeah, so. right. <laughs> now he's beside the mic, Micah. It's a, you you got to see what we're doing here. I mean, we're basically in a bar passing around a microphone. This is so legit. It's, <laughs> it's hard to quit, actually. It's actually probably so legit that it would, be, it would be difficult to quit, I would say. It's three legit. It is three units of legit. It's which, too legit to quit. Oh, yes. Okay, well said. Wow, we should make a song out of that. So anyway, um, I think that it's, it's great to hear about creative process. It's great to hear about the creative spirit being alive. You know, to me, it all comes back to punk rock. <laughs> I mean, the idea that, you know, people have realized that, like, I don't need anybody's permission to change the world. I don't need anybody's permission to create something, and I don't even have to change the world. I can just create because creating is what living's about. I just love it all, man. So I appreciate it. I do want to add, sorry, I want to add real quick uh, that actually both me and Chris quit being in punk bands to make movies. Wow. So I feel like, I feel like that, yeah, that's like the, the most perfect analogy because, I mean, Chris is, Chris is an amazing punk song, singer, songwriter, or whatever, but still, even in, in high school, I was still doing it myself. I was in all these punk bands and when I found movies, I was like, oh, I it's like it feels the same. You get the same gratification. Oh, it was just your new punk rock, is what it was. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I just think it's fascinating that, that, that we literally did the left punk rock for. We literally. <laughs> literally, literally, figuratively, and virtually, left punk rock for movies. No, I hear you. But but you didn't leave punk rock is the is the surprising thing. You you are living punk rock. You're just doing it through the medium of film. So um, I, I think that you know anything that's a local festival is going to have my attention local and global. I'm a citizen of Rock Hill and I'm a citizen of the world. You know, state of South Carolina, United States, eh. But, you know, Rock Hill, uh, the, the, the planet Earth, you know, those strike a chord with me. So, um, anyway, I guess we'll see you next week on Old Town New World.